Hi, welcome to Curious Sisters. My name is Kat. My name is Nastya, and welcome back to our first season where we talk about all things Slavic. But before we start, I have a pretty interesting warm-up question for you, Kat. I was thinking, if you became rich overnight, and I mean so rich that you didn't have to work a day, like our podcast blows up and we're millionaires, or you win a lottery and you're a millionaire, what would you do with your time? So you don't have to work, essentially. Can't wait. So I have a follow-up question. Which one is more like more likely to happen that our podcast blows up or that we win lottery i feel like so right now (laughs) i feel like as if our chances are pretty similar well no i don't think so because i think if we put more effort into the podcast it will become more popular lottery i feel like it's definitely our luck thing true that yes i agree that's a good one um i always think about well i always i always think about getting a million dollars every day <laughs> i wake up who, and think I mean, about it who doesn't and uh, i know that some people say that they would not work at all and i sometimes think like i don't think that i would necessarily be doing the same thing i'm doing right now but i don't think that i wouldn't be doing anything i definitely would be doing things i think if Somehow our podcast blew up and we got a million dollars. I probably would just keep going with the podcast and I would try to make that my, not a full-time job, but, you know, invest a little bit more time and effort into it. I would definitely 100% try to travel the world, like try to go see more places. I don't know that it was, it's a job, but that's like number one on my list. Try and go see more places. I mean, what about you, could you? Become, you could become a blogger and travel the world and show everyone how awesome it is through your blog and then also make another million dollars. <laughs> See, I don't know about this. I, th- I thought like when you watch these bloggers, well, at least when I watch these bloggers, I love watching people do this. But I thought like, what if I I had what? Okay, start over. What if I did this and I picture myself doing this and I don't really want to do this like I'm feel like I'm so private like I don't even post on socials so much of what I do I feel like it would be overwhelming it's not really something that I would want to translate like live videos of myself traveling and all that stuff maybe I'll write about it after the fact but definitely travel there you go I've always for some reason thought that you would be writing books if you didn't have to work full time, so I guess that's, well, that's how I what see I you just in my said. Mind. Yeah, I'll, I'll be, I'll, I'll, I'll write about it. Like, not necessarily a blog, maybe a book, but yeah, I don't want to share videos. I don't want to share too much of my face, like live streaming. Hey, I'm here on the waterfalls, jumping or doing whatever crazy <laughs> things. But writing, yes, like so that way I can be behind the page. Agree. Uh, that was also one of my first thoughts is to travel more because I do like traveling and seeing new countries you know trying new dishes meeting other people from other cultures and things like that so I think it would be fun to do I think like I would plan maybe a trip every couple months or so because I still 
as much as I like getting out there, I still like being at home too. And when I'm at home, I think it really depends on the stage in my life. If you ask me like a few years ago, I would probably say I would get into art more and paint more. At this point in life, I think I would like to get a house and learn how to build stuff. I've been following all these awesome women on Instagram who learn how to DIY basically everything in the house. They like build furniture, they build whatever they think of and learn as they go. And I've been really curious about it. I feel like I would enjoy the process and creating something, something making chaos, turning it into something nice, basically. Well, that sounds like fun. That's that's cool. Yes, I can see you doing that. Yeah, obviously you don't have to be rich to do that, but you at least need a house for that, which I don't have yet. <laughs> so we'll see. Well, you do need a house. You do also need time and it helps when you have when you don't have to worry about, you know, working, making that money. You can spend that time building things and working or whatever projects you want to be working. Yeah, yeah, I feel like that was also my first career choice. I will, I already told you, I think that I wanted to be a, a designer, like interior design. So I think that kind yes. of entails that, but in a less technical way, you don't have to learn all of the design programs and do all that serious work as an engineer. You just kind of do whatever, <laughs> whatever you like and build whatever you like. Well, it's kind of, I feel like, more hands-on, like you're actually doing it yourself. That's fun. Yes. We'll see. Maybe in a few years, it will be me. <laughs> so what is our... Maybe in, a f- maybe in a few years, it will be you, and then you can come over to my house and build some things too. <laughs> <laughs> or teach me. We'll see where the future takes us. Yes. What is uh, our topic today? So our topic of the day is Russian banya and (laughs) I can't wait to hear some of your experiences of Russian banya. I'm sure you have some stories to tell. I don't know why I think that but for some reason (laughs) I think Nasta has some banya stories to tell. I I do. You do? Okay we'll save them. We'll we'll get to those stories. So what is banya for those who, who have no idea? Originally, banya is a steam bath with a stove, and nowadays any type of bath or sauna is usually called banya in Russia and other former USSR countries. The actual word banya is of Greek origin, of course, I feel like a lot of things are of Greek origin. It means cleansing of a body with the help of steam. Well, there's another one. Some linguists believe the word takes roots from the Latin Balneum, which is something that makes pain and sadness go away. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I like this one. Like, what? what is happening in Banya that pain and sadness go away? We'll talk about it a little bit more, but I feel like <laughs> if anything in Russian Banya, there's some pain that's being inflicted on you. I mean, you always feel better after you clean yourself up, right? So like after a shower... Like if you're all stinky from working out or whatever, not showering for a day, I feel like it's always refreshing. So maybe that's what they mean by pain and suffering. Maybe. Well, uh, some people also believe that water actually like washes away 
if you believe in this stuff like negative negative um energies and like it, mm-hmm. when you stand underwater that it helps you wash all of this away maybe maybe that has something to do with this so according to the ancient greek philosopher herodotus in the 5th century bc baths appeared in different cultures at about the same time some folks based in lakes and ponds with cold streams others made steaming rooms with either dry or humid air russia has developed one of the most unique bathing traditions in the world the notion of a steam bath has long been part of an ancient slav culture Newcomers to the land were amazed by wooden steam houses where naked people warmed themselves to extremes and lashed themselves with tree branches. Which brings me to the word of the day. (laughs) Would you like to guess what the word of the day is? Is it venik? Yes, the infamous tree branches. So venik, it's the, how would you describe it? I mean, you already described it. It's, it's uh, a bunch of tree branches put together in kind <laughs> of uh, like a sweep, or what would you what would you even call it? So yeah, it also can be like vinyak. I feel like also in Russian means like the sweeping broom, like the broom. It kind of mm-hmm. looks like that, but the short short broom. It's a bunch of branches tied together with a usually either with a rope or like a small metal piece. <laughs> And basically, you can either hit each other with it, or you can sweep your floor. <laughs> because, you know, who doesn't want to hit each other with a broomstick? But whatever tickles your fancy, no judgment here. <laughs> so there you go, guys. Vienik. Not only the thing that you hit yourself with, or somebody in Banya, but also something that you can use to sweep the floor. Not to be confused, though. Don't use the same vienik that you sweep the floor with and then later take it to banya. Different vieniks. You have to have a special vienik for that. Yes, and I wouldn't... Like, it's not... The texture is not like a broom. It's it's just a bunch of, like, tree leaves that are soft. So it's... I don't think it's a broom the way you would think of a traditional broom. <laughs> yes, good point. So vienik, the one that you use in the... Banya, it actually still has leaves attached to it, and I think that's the part of it, like all the... I think I'll talk about it a little bit later, but like the leaves, depending on what it's made from, what type of tree or the bush, it's thought to have some medicinal purposes that it releases certain extracts and helps to soften your skin and make you look beautiful and blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Now I'm thinking of like a witch's broomstick, but with the leaves still attached. That's what it looks like in my head. I think we may have to put some visuals on on the gram. Yes, to, for sure. To clear up the confusion. So afterwards, people plunged into cold rivers and ponds to fill the revival of the soul. It is thought that when Russian princesses visited Constantinople, they made special arrangements for the use of local steaming rooms, and they were very particular about it. And actually, Emperor Peter the Great, who I feel like we talked about a lot in our first season, mm-hmm. was a fan of the Russian banya. When he founded St. Petersburg in 1703, he allowed everyone to build banyas without having to pay taxes on them. Nice. When he traveled to Paris in 1718, he ordered a banya be built for him on the banks of the Seine River in the center of the city. 
he liked banya so much. Banyas were often associated in Russia with a healthy way of life. In 1733, authorities gave a special order to build a healing banya. They warned the owners to keep prices low to make it available to as many people as possible. This differentiated Russia from any other European countries. In France, for example, going to the bath was a privilege of the rich. That kind of sucks. So the rest of the population was just, what did they do? Just um, bathing in the rivers, you know, hmm. wherever you can find the water. Nice. Great job, you're Peter on, the you're Great. On your, uh, you're, <laughs> you're on your own. So Peter the Great was like, no, Russians not going to be filthy. So even today, the ritual of going to Banya can be shocking to some foreigners. At the first sight of a steaming room, some fear that they may be pushed into some mysterious sexual act. <laughs> a, a real Banya has nothing to do with sex. It's about staying fit and making your life longer. In modern times, people use banyas and saunas to hold substantial business talks. Nobody <laughs> feels the oppressive atmosphere of the office. I definitely heard of people having like business meetings in banyas. Mm, I, I don't know about that anymore. I mean, I'm sure some people still do, but I don't think it's very common. <laughs> When I when I say business meeting, I don't mean like, okay, during lunchtime, let's go to like <laughs> um, Banya. It's more like, you know, how some people in the United States take their clients to like a football game or, I don't know, a baseball game outside of working hours. So I feel like in Russia, sometimes like you can take your client out to sauna if that's what they're into, I guess. I, I should I should clarify if that's what they're into. Yeah, I don't know about this still. For some reason, my mind went to like a job interview in a banya, which is would be very bizarre. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know about job interviews in the banya. It, it would be a good place to hide your sweat that you're nervous. You're like, you're already sweating. <laughs> and in you don't have to wear a suit. In, in my mind, it's just... Like, I wouldn't go there with anyone, but someone who's very close to me. Like, I okay, used to go well, with my girlfriends, but I don't think I would bring a client with me. I mean, it's kind of like sauna, so. Right. So what's what's the, all the big deal about the banya and why is it considered healthy? The high temperature in the steaming room, or what is called parilka, is extremely good for your health. Excessive heat stimulates sweating which helps eliminate unwanted substances from your body, including bacteria and toxins. Sweating releases excess water from the body and opens pores. It makes, it makes the skin softer and fresher. It enhances blood circulation and improves the work of the kidneys. A massage with above-mentioned venic, a bunch of dried branches tied together, doubles the effect. And this source that I was... Um, looking into about Banya says, please note that you should not hit the person with Venik very hard, especially if the temperature is above 90 degrees Celsius as you may burn their skin. Like <laughs> how hard are you, how hard do you think um, people hit each other in Banyas? Like, I don't know. I mean, I definitely have some experience with Veniks, but I don't think I was ever hit really hard with it. I don't think so either. And I think we should clarify that it's usually also soaked in water so it's not like completely dry it's kind of softened softened leaves so it's not just you getting hit with dry sticks 
Yes, exactly. I do talk about it a little bit later. Probably should have mentioned it earlier. <laughs> it is it, it is not just like freshly picked from the tree and not... Like you said, it, it is soaked in the water, so it, it is a little bit softer. But I guess if you get too overzealous with this, you, you, you could hurt somebody, especially like when your skin is all prime and hot, mm-hmm. because body temperatures sometimes will exceed 93 degrees celsius which is 199 degrees fahrenheit whoa so depending on how hardcore of a banya visitor you are it can get really hot there so because of the temperatures felt or wool hats are typically worn to protect the head from this intense heat and hair from heating to a point that might cause burns on contact have you ever worn those silly hats yes for sure. Okay. Probably should post pictures of those too. Those are pretty funny looking. It is also common to sit on a small mat brought into the banya to protect bare skin from the hot wood and nails of the interior benches and for hygienic purposes. In Russia, special felt hats are commonly sold in sets with felt mitts along with extracts for inclusion into the steam water. Some people use homemade herbs, extracts, and beer. I've never heard of people putting beer in, in on the on the rocks in the banya. Have you ever seen anybody what? do that? You've never done that. It smells so good. It smells like bread in there. Really? Yeah, no, I mean, never done it. That's what essentially beer is, right? So when you pour it over, it kind of all evaporates, and it smells so good, like someone just baked a loaf of bread in there. Ah, cool. Okay. Apparently, I missed out on that part. I've definitely um, been in places where like people put like minty smells and like eucalyptus, something just just smells good and opens up your, I think like your nasal passages, but not beer. Interesting. We got to find a banya now so we can pour some beer over. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Guys, can we pour our beer on your, on your rocks at your banya? I don't even know if, um, if there are any banyas around around where I live. Have you ever looked into banyas around you? Saunas? Anything like that? I have not, but I know that there are definitely a few within the United States. I have a friend who, well, she lives in Vermont, so she found one there somewhere, but I haven't oh, cool. looked around this area. Well, there's there's this an item to add on the list of things to do. So people that go to banyas every week sometimes referred to as banya professors <laughs> and they recommend lying in the parilka, parilka, which is like the, the actual part where you do all the steaming during the massage with the, with the venic. In this way, all parts of your body will feel the same temperature. Apparently, if you stand or sit, the heat is distributed unevenly which may cause mm-hmm. various heat disorders, which all the years going to Banya, I never really thought about. Like I knew you were supposed to lay down for the for the hitting, for the beatings, but I didn't know why. <laughs> yeah, that's So there sense. we go. Most venics in Russia are made of birch and oak, but in southern parts of the country, eucalyptus venic is also very common. Views on the usual banya procedure differ. Some people go to the steaming room without taking a shower first in order to sweat naturally. Others prefer to take a shower and scrub their bodies before steaming. This is not really the right or wrong way to do it. This is just two different ways to open up your pores. 
So after a good sweat, it is customary to plunge into a cold water tub or splash around in cold water in the lake or river. Some people plunge into a pile of snow in the winter. And this is usually the end of round one of Banya. So have mm-hmm. you ever done the plunging into the snow? Uh, I don't remember doing a plunge into the snow. But we definitely, going back to the dacha that my my friend's parents used to have, they had a, a banya on a river. So we would run out of there and run down to the river to get into the river. And the water was pretty cold. So it was definitely refreshing after being in the hot temperatures. We've definitely done that before. And then there are some nicer banyas. Like now they are commercial. So some some of them have pools in them. So we definitely have gone to the one that has like a pool. So you, you just walk out and it's right. right there. Wait a minute. So how far was the run to the river? <laughs> What what are we talking here? Like two minutes, five minutes, <laughs> half an minutes. hour? <laughs> no, it was like a couple minutes down the down the road. So, but it was still funny okay. because it was like it was summer night. There are really no lights there except for like one street light that was down there, and then there are also people who camp on the riverbank. So someone definitely saw us running in our bathing suits all yelling <laughs> and and they did yell something like you go girls i was gonna say i'm sure yeah, it was, it was not uncommon i'm sure they knew what the or exactly what was going on <laughs> i know now if you think about it it is bizarre have you done that before i've definitely done plunging into a snow thing before that that's fun i don't remember ever doing the run to the river i don't think all the all the banyas I ever went to, they were either, like you said, commercial with the um, cold swimming pool, mm-hmm. or they were at Dutchess. They didn't really have a river close by, and we would just like step out and you plop into the big pile of snow, roll around, and <laughs> go back in. <laughs> Hope that there is no poop in the snow if you have a dog. <laughs> Well, if there is, you're going back to Banya and wash it away. <laughs> Not a big deal. So after a 15 minute pause to relax and drink tea comes round two. Inside the steaming room, a small amount of water is splashed onto the rocks inside the heater. So this is when I guess you put some beer on it if you want to. Mm-hmm. In those cases, some herbal solutions or extracts are added to make the smell more pleasant and enjoyable. And then comes the venik time. People start beating one another with bundles of tree branches to cause even more sweat. <laughs> round, three, round three is not for everybody. It will take a few visits to the banya to build up to it, again, because of all the heat. After you finish your banya process, you may wash your entire body with soap, or you may choose to have a professional soap massage, or pill and massage with honey, salt, or coffee grains. In any case, you're prepared to hear that this type of method will keep you healthy for a great number of years. And after the process is over, many Russians will say to you, Yes, literally, congratulations with the easy steam. In fact, it means we hope that you enjoyed your bath. I don't think I've ever had a massage, the soap massage, even in the commercial banyas. 
Like, I know the, the scrubs, the pill and massage, but usually you do it yourself. Have you ever had a massage after the, the steaming no. is done? I, I guess I've never gone to any fancy banyas, but I, I've definitely heard of people working in establishments like that. And that would be their job is either to hit you with a venic or to massage whatever one you know the person prefers but I've, I've never been to a banya like that it, it is usually like you said do it your own or or don't do it yeah what a job to hit somebody with a venic so here um, we should mention that we kind of briefly mentioned that there are two types of banyas public and private for those who lived in apartment blocks public banyas used to be one of the cheapest places of leisure However, for people who lived in wooden houses or in places without any facilities, the banya was, and still is, a weekly routine procedure. Modern public banyas are usually big buildings with lots of sections that differ in price and comfort. Private banyas are usually smaller. As a rule, they're made of wood and usually part of a private house or dacha. There we go, mm -hmm. with dacha. Which is episode 12, by the way, guys, if you want to learn about dachas. Yes. There are usually three sections in Russian banyas. A steaming room, a washing room, and a room used for rest and recreation. The room that used for rest and recreation is called predbanyik, which mm -hmm. is literally pre-bath. It is first place you go. Here you undress, and after you're done with your steaming session, you can relax and have a cup of tea. Which is, what is our episode about tea in Samovar? Number 13. Number 13. A lot of episode plugs this episode. Yes. The washing room is traditional banyas has a series of sinks and taps. There are basins with two handles that are called shaika. Huh. You fill them with water. You didn't know this word? I think it's a silly sounding word. I love it. Shaika. Shaika leka. <laughs> so you fill your shaika with water and use them to wash right after you spring out of the steaming room. In many banyas now, there are also showers and small pools of water to serve the purpose, like what you mentioned. There are special shaikas to put your venic in. Its leaves should be soaked through before use. Like you said, <laughs> yes, don't please. hit each other with, with dry venic. <laughs> Some banyas use water from the steaming room tank, which is heated by a stove. Thus, you can have both cold and hot water in your banya. The steaming room is the heart of the process. Inside, there are wooden benches. One of the walls is occupied by a big stove that heats the water in the tank. In between the firebox and the water tank, there is a rock chamber, which is water is thrown onto the heated stones to produce extra steam once you're inside. To enjoy the process fully, you have to enter the steaming room when the stove is hot. And in public banyas, some experienced people usually let the newbies know when exactly is the right time to enter the steaming room. I, I can I can imagine that everybody is just sitting on a bench, like waiting for the for the time for the right time, and then someone says, "Okay, let's go." Just a bunch for of the people. sign. Yeah, it's a funny visual. I don't remember that being our experience. I feel like. I only remember public banyas from childhood when like we would not have water, like hot water for a week, which is a thing in Russia. They turn, they shut off your hot water for maintenance for like a week 
and then I remember going to public banya with mama and I don't think it was fun <laughs> sometimes it's for two weeks and we probably should clarify that it's not because you didn't pay your water bill <laughs> but it's why is it why is that it's because the transitioning from something about transitioning from like winter season to summer season and from summer season to winter season so it happens twice a year so essentially for like what a month out of a year you have no hot water yes which is a weird system to have i don't know why so i, I feel like for some reason that you have either more experiences going through those public banyas but we didn't have water or better recollection because like i don't even remember doing this at all. I know you told me we've done it, but I either blocked it out or it was just not that <laughs> eventful. What happened? It there? was so traumatic. You don't remember? It was uh, it was not far from our apartment complex. Like it was walking distance, and we would walk there. I don't know. I don't remember much about it, but I definitely remember going there. It was a public banya right across like a university. Yeah, I remember where, where where it was, and from the looks of it on the outside, I don't think it was anything glamorous inside. <laughs> I mean, you just you just are there with a bunch of people, and some people are comfortable being completely naked in front of you, which I don't think I appreciated. Wear yeah. a swimsuit or something, <laughs> but since it's public, I mean, it's still girls, Co boys. Cover your shame. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I was not impressed. <laughs> <laughs> well, no wonder I blocked it out. <laughs> okay, let's move on. All right. So nowadays, there's a tendency to use electric heaters instead of wood-burning chambers. And most people prefer the old way, the, the wood-fired heaters. Supposedly, electric heaters produce positive ions, and wood-fired heaters give some negative ions ions and supposedly you want the negative ones to clear out whatever we clearing out <laughs> so, and also there are two types of banya black and white in the and that's not what you thought guys in the black banya the smoke escapes through a hole in the ceiling on the way it darkens the banya's interior wood and you can kind of actually see it in inside this type of banya is becoming extinct People think it's outdated and not that pleasant because you can kind of smell all the fumes. Mm -hmm. And and in white banyas, there are pipes that vent the smoke away. I also feel like it's probably not safe to to have the smoke just go out through the hole. Like, what if something happens and it starts going in? Like, you can inhale a bunch of it. Yeah, that doesn't seem safe. So I see why people are moving away from that. And... To wrap this hilarious topic up, I wanted to mention that in Slavic mythology, specifically East Slavic mythology, every banya is inhabited by the Slavic bathhouse spirit Banik, which yes. was mentioned by Nysa in episode 3 about Damavoy. So if you didn't listen to this one, go check it out. Do you remember? Do you remember anything about him? I know you briefly mentioned him, but the the description that i have of what is happening is kind of scary and i don't remember you talking about this no i did not really talk about him in detail i just said he was kind of a cousin of the damavoy but all of them seemed like pretty 
mean spirits. So what's up with Banik? Not nothing good. He's creepy. He's described as a wizened little man with wild white hair and a long straggly beard, long nails and hairy hands. I mean, I guess since he's cousin to Damavoy, Damavoy was also hairy. So <laughs> two hairy beasts. He lives behind the stove and his temperament is supposed to be very capricious. Because of the dimmed light in the banya, he was sometimes considered even to be malicious. It was said that by anger he could throw boiling water or even burn down the bathroom. Jeez. He likes spying on bathers, particularly undressed women. Of course. <laughs> he has the ability to predict the future. I like the combination. He likes spying on women, <laughs> also can predict the future. Okay, this woman is gonna go into the banya and undress. <laughs> I, I can see the future. <laughs> so if you wanted to consult Banyak, you would stand with your back exposed in the half-open door of the bath. And if the future predicts good, he strokes the back lovingly. By bad <laughs> prospects, he grabs the back with his claws. So definitely related to Damavoy. Isn't that what Damavoy does? Like he touches your face with his hairy hands. I, I remember we talked about that. So yeah, two, <laughs> two creepy dudes. Yes, I would not want to consult any of those guys. Well, there you have it. There's the brief explanation of what Russian Banya is. Hopefully I didn't confuse people how to incorrectly hit each other with Venix. Soak it first. <laughs> uh, that was very interesting. Thank you for bringing this up. I didn't even think about it. Yeah, I was um, just I just stumbled upon this and I'm like, how come I didn't think about this earlier? I'm I definitely have some recollections of going to Banya. We had Banya when we lived in Kazakhstan, like using it a lot. So do you want to share any of your Banya stories? I mean, I don't think I have any special stories. But um, when you said uh, about any, anything other than traumatic experience, <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to mention one thing when you mentioned the congratulations on Lights Team. I think somehow yeah. it got transferred onto just taking a shower in modern apartments. So whenever people yes. go and shower, and you come out, and a family member encounters you in the hallway, they'll they'll say "Slurkim param." Which, when James was visiting me in Russia, happened to him. Like, he walked out and Papa said, And James was so confused because he didn't <laughs> know what he was being congratulated on. And I explained, you know, this is just what you do. You just say congratulations. You had a nice bath, hopefully. Congratulations. You he still now. talks about it. <laughs> yes. Good job cleaning yourself. Well, you, you know what, now that we're talking about, I never actually thought about this, but now that we're talking about this, do you know of any other people doing this other than Papa? I'm just thinking maybe it's our family tradition <laughs> and we just think that everybody does this. Maybe it's transferred in our family because like, you know, we lived in Kazakhstan where we had Banya and then we moved where we didn't and maybe that's what happened. Like, do you know if other people actually say this? That's a good question. I'll have to ask my girlfriends if that's a thing in their households or was a See, thing in their households. Maybe all these years we thought that was a common thing and maybe it's not. I guess we'll find out and report back. <laughs> all right. Do you have any no more stories, stories that you wanted to share? 
I mean, I think you covered pretty much everything. Like, and I also wanted to mention that it became such a big part of the culture that it's in a lot of movies that you watch, like old Soviet movies. You know, there is even a plot yes. about how every New Year's they go to Banya and whatever. Like, there are a lot of or or about the guys who go hunting and then they go to Banya. Like, I feel like it's a big part of the culture and. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people still do that. But I think, unfortunately, lately, from my experience, Banya's also started to get some bad reputation. So it's not as popular, I think, anymore. Now that people can shower in their own homes, too. <laughs> that helps. Well, a lot of people, I feel like, go to... Banyas. I don't know so much nowadays. I haven't been to Russian banya in years. But when I was still in Russia, it was very common for people to go into banya and like drink a bunch of beer, not splash it on the rocks, but drink it and like drink hard alcohol, like vodka, I don't know, liquors. And sometimes they can backfire. Like don't don't do this in the hot room. It's not yeah. very healthy. Not at all. I, I can't imagine. I mean, it's tough just being in a hot room like that. But I really enjoyed going to Bani, I think, as a teenage, like an adult, young adult, I guess, when, when I was in college. Like, I would go with my girlfriends, and it really does feel good, like, once you your body gets so hot, and then you come out and cool off. It really feels relaxing somehow. Yes. So For sure. Definitely nice. I, what's the difference between banya and sauna? I think sauna is just dry air, right? So it's I guess yeah, it's so kind I think of similar. sauna is more like a dry heat. I don't think you could splash the. I don't know. I always thought that sauna is more of a dry heat, and the banya is more like a actual wet steaming. Room. Yes, that's what I think too. But I I heard that either way, um, like you said getting your body temperature up like that is actually really good for you that's why i'm that's what i'm trying to tell myself when i run in the middle of july in the morning and i'm sweating like crazy <laughs> that you're just running in banya <laughs> yes pretty much that's one way to do it all right what so what's our um wow interesting fact of the episode I don't know how interesting some people would find this, but I had to look into this because we talked about all these different kinds of bagels, Russian bagels, I should mention, last episode. And as a true Russian, I felt like I need to know the difference between the three of them. So if you listen to our tea episode, we talk about these um, as they are usually served with tea. And the article I found does call them Russian versions of bagels. Wow, so, okay. There you have it. There are three of them. The first one is baranki. Um, they were also called obvaranki, and they appeared in Belarus and then spread throughout Russia. They are just circular-shaped dough, right? And in order to make them, the dough is boiled and twisted into bundles in advance. Um, so it kind of is, I guess, like pretzels? Yeah, I guess. Yeah, they they shaped a little different than... Yeah. Uh, they got apparently they got their name Baranki because they look like a ram's horn. They do. And in Soviet Union, varieties of Baranki 
abounded. They had plain vanilla, mustard, lemon, sugar, poppy, sweet, fruit, almond, and more. People would frequently thread baranki with a string, like a large necklace, and hang them as home decor. So it was just for the looks. And then we talked about sushki, which is essentially a thin baranka that has been dried. So it's not... Baranka is, is pretty hard, but sushka is, is a stone, essentially. <laughs> okay, well, wait a minute. I thought sushki looked different, that they were just circular things. So sushki is still shaped like baranki? They are shaped the same way. Sushki are just thinner. Like they're okay. they're very thin and usually are smaller, although some people make them pretty large in diameter, but usually they are like about what an inch in diameter. And um okay. they're they're also made with the same stuff. They're made with wheat flour. They are usually dry, so they used to be made to have them in the winter, so they would stay stay fresh i wouldn't call them fresh but you could consume them for a very long time once you made them yeah you can store them better yeah and apparently sushki were often given to little children when teething which makes sense (laughs) and finally the bublik which has nothing to do with boobs or licks it's also (laughs) A kind of a traditional dish in Russia. No, but it first appeared in Poland and in Ukrainian Odessa. And it resembles a big plumped up baranka. So it is also a pastry that looks like that, but thicker. Uh, Bublik is made from dough that's softer than the kind used in baranki. So it is kind of like a savory donut of sorts. Or bagel. Well, I'm glad we clarified this because I was always... This is very interesting for me. I don't know. Who doesn't find it interesting, they can just skip this part. But I feel like I was always confused about these three. I'm like, what? what is the difference? There has to be the difference if there are all these names. Thank you for clarifying all the confusion. Not that we have any of those things in our house. <laughs> but there you have it. All right. Well, that was the episode 14. And that's a wrap. Please review us, recommend to your friends so and we families. Can be, so we can be millionaires for once. Yes, hopefully <laughs> soon. And we'll see you guys next time. Пока! Пока!